With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets Meets World World House. House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Tom Brady was reminded last night he's not in New England any longer. I thought uh, there was an interesting comment on uh, Morning Men on Mad Dog Radio with Evan Cohen. He says that Brady probably doesn't miss being coached by Belichick, but he may miss Belichick coaching the rest of the team. Because the Buccaneers' offensive line struggled. The team lacked discipline to add insult to injury. Brady lost track of the downs in the final drive. And the Buccaneers lose a game that they should have won and should have won comfortably. All the things that he probably took for granted, we took for granted in New England, aren't the case in Tampa Bay. The Patriots may not have had a lot of talent towards the end of Tom and his stay there. But they played smart football. Remember, that's what we're sold on with Brady going to Tampa Bay, the experience, you know, the football IQ. Not athletic, but he can still, when the game's on the line, he's going to win those games. But uh, I don't think there's any need to panic right now in Tampa. They're getting used to one another. Shorthanded had injuries last night. You know, they do run the football. Ronald Jones looked good last night. But you got to come up with those plays. Brady clearly not happy with his teammates last night. And maybe his teammates aren't happy with him either. After the game, everybody wanted to know, Tom, did you know that it was fourth down? Here's Brady. We just had some negative plays. You know, in the second half, we had a negative play. You know, again, you get behind down distance. You know, that's not where you want to be. So we all have to do a better job. This isn't any one position. This isn't any one player. This is... 
team-wide thing that we all got to collectively, you know, learn each other quickly and make improvements quickly. And, you know, we all have to do a better job. He didn't answer if he knew it was fourth down. But here is one more from Brady talking about the second half. Nick Foles is on the winning end of his matchup with Tom Brady yet again. Yeah, it looks like Brady lost the down. He was thinking it was third down. That can happen when you clock the ball. You you forget that as being one of the downs, but he clearly looked like he thought he had another shot at it. Yeah, you're right. He lost track of the downs. They went for a bigger shot there on fourth down than just trying to dump it off and pick up a first down. Yeah. That's Troy and uh, Joe Buck during the uh, Fox broadcast. Uh, Do we have Tom Brady uh, talking about the second half mistakes? We don't. Uh, We do not have that? All right. Well, we'll see if we can get that. Uh, Here's Bruce Arians, the Buccaneers head coach on Tom Brady. Did he know it was fourth down? Bruce, at the end of the game there, that last drive, it, it looked like Tom might have been confused with what down it was. Did he not know it was fourth down? Yeah, he knew. He knew. <laughs> I appreciate his honesty there. No, he knew. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> remember first week where he was, you know, criticizing Tom Brady and people were all up in arms like, you can't do that to the GOAT. Well, that's who Bruce Arians is. Bruce Arians has to take some blame here. Not that he's trying to avoid it, but that team was not disciplined at all last night. They didn't look like they were ready to play. Yeah, see, not to like <laughs> single out specific people, but, but dang, man, Ryan Jensen, he, he is like the drive killer, the center for the Buccaneers. Week after week, drive killer. He'll they'll be driving, they'll be moving the ball seventy yards down the field, full head of steam, and all of a sudden he headbutts somebody. You know, all right, back it up, fifteen Damn. yard penalty. Yeah, McLevin. Also, that guy who calls in and tells you talks about the offensive line. That's Tampa. Ted in Tampa. They can't block anybody either. Last night they couldn't. Yeah, but that's no surprise. I mean, Brady got sacked three times last night, but look, it's inexcusable. There, there's, it, you know, you remind everybody, hey, fourth down, hey, fourth down, hey, you know, third down. How many times do you see this in a baseball game? Even professionals, where somebody will catch a fly and they'll go uh, one out. Like, you can see how many outs there are in a, in a baseball inning. But you'll still have that where you get one. There's down markers. You can see it. There's signage all over the stadium there. And I, I will say, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and myself, I, I'm going, yeah, Tom's right. That 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 now now it's fourth down. He didn't spike it on third down, and I think we thought he was going to. He didn't. And then all of a sudden you go, wait, no, Tom's now 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 he's trying to lobby the officials. Think, no, 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 I got uh, I, now this is fourth down here. Yes, he. For a second, I was like, Tom's right. Yeah, well, Tom, what are they always doing? right. What are they doing? He got, they got one more play. <laughs> Tom's right. Everybody else is wrong. Yeah, boy. But if you're Brady and Arians, especially Arians, why would you say that he knew what that it was fourth down? He clearly didn't. He'd just say like, hey, we, we lost track, but we were going for the first down at every play. Doesn't it make it worse by covering? Does what? anyone in this room think there's even a possibility he was clear on what down it was? Um... No, I don't think he was clear. I, I do think that he made a mistake and didn't yeah. realize it was for, you know, fourth down. Why would the coach say the other, opposite? No, I know. I think he's trying to, you know, this is that delicate balance in the locker room where you're going to say, hey, because they covered for Tom when he threw those interceptions in the pick six in the first week. And uh, they blamed one of those interceptions on Mike Evans. Like, you know, Mike ran the wrong round. And, but I don't, I mean, Bruce is just going to say, what he thinks, what he feels. Was I surprised? He said, yeah, he knew. Because Tom clearly didn't know 
Yeah, see. But if you remember after week one, Bruce Arians gave like the most mild criticism ever of Tom Brady, where he was like, well, you know, uh, Tom needs to play better, something, whatever it was. And the media collectively <laughs> lost its mind. You can't say that about Tom Brady. Trouble in paradise already. What well, Bruce needs to get on the same page. People lost their minds over it. Yeah. No, I know. Now, is this where the press conference today, where Bruce Arians goes, you know what, uh, on second thought, you know, Tom didn't know it was fourth down. But like, but the, he's supposed to know it's fourth down. Like, I, okay, he knew it was fourth down. No, he didn't know. But he should have known it was fourth down. The best thing Tom Brady can do today is come out and be like, yeah, uh, I screwed that up and then I tried to cover for it and it was just, it's really embarrassing. It's really, that's the best thing he could do is just be like, yeah, I knew I screwed up. Uh, I'm super embarrassed. Hey, I'm the last person to point out that somebody forgets things because I've been doing it for a year now on this show. But that's a moment where, because people are making the age jokes there with Tom. Hey, getting old, you know, your memory starts to go here. I was surprised that Tom didn't just own up to it and just say, look, I, you know what? I got caught up in it. I made a mistake. It hasn't happened very often, but it did last night. And that's on me. That's it. Then it goes away. But if you all of a sudden go, you know, we uh, we made mistakes and we got to be more disciplined, you know, all those things, then it still kind of lingers there. But I don't know how Bruce Arians goes. Yeah, he knew it was. So Tom knew it was fourth down and then said, wait, no, I got one more down. He didn't look like a guy who knew it was fourth down. I think we can all agree. The pass was not a fourth down like pass because you got to get you got to get the first down. He's throwing a ball in tight coverage there that maybe he's trying to get pass interference there, but that's not a pass you throw on fourth down where you have to get the first down. I don't think he knew it was fourth down. He didn't own up to it. Bruce Arian said he knew it was fourth down. Ah, uh, great. Yeah, Paul. You know, it may be a memory thing because after the game, no. he forgot something else. <laughs> forgot to shake Nick's hand. Oh, little Nick. Oh, yeah. I felt bad for Nick Foles. Looking around. Because Foles is just... You know, he didn't play great, but he won the game. And Brady didn't acknowledge Foles after the Super Bowl when they lost to the Eagles and Foles was the MVP. Now, I understand that's at the end of the Super Bowl. And it is chaotic. And I was there handing out the trophy to Nick Foles. It's chaos. But then I I saw this column and it said, um, this is Yahoo Sports. People apparently forget COVID-19 exists. Rip Tom Brady for not shaking Nick Foles' hand after the game. This is uh, written by Frank Schwab. To those criticizing Brady for his lack of handshake and or man hug with Foles, the NFL has outlawed that and any other non-distancing interaction after games. Foles said after the game, uh, didn't get a chance to say anything to him. Sure, sometime we'll catch up, but you know, we're trying to keep our distance. And then uh, the author goes, really, it's no big deal, but it's Brady, so people will take their shots regardless. Yes. I mean, we did just spend a couple of days ripping Patrick Mahomes for hugging a guy who turned out to have COVID. Yeah. So I think you could just do this. Acknowledge. He left with 20 seconds. He didn't even stay till the end of the game. So if I am going to rip LeBron for walking off the floor, then I got to rip Brady for doing the same thing. Acknowledge him. I mean, (laughs) you don't have to bro hug. You don't have to shake hands. You don't have to get within 20 feet. But there is a a common respect amongst quarterbacks. That fraternity where just acknowledge. Just say, hey, 
You know, point your finger at Nick Foles. Hey, Nick, good job. That's all. Anybody feel differently there on the other side of the glass? Yes, McLovin. Yeah, I think it's. I honestly think people are just having fun with it. I don't think anybody was really mad at Brady for this. Oh, night. yes, they are. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's Brady. Are you kidding uh, me? It's like LeBron. I thought people were just like laughing at Nick Foles looking like a lost puppy. Well, I, that's why I felt bad for Nick because Nick's walking over because that's what you do at the end of a game. You always find the quarterback. And he's looking around like, remember Jim Valvano when he won the national title at North Carolina State? He was looking around for somebody to hug and he had nobody to hug. And the camera's on him. There's Nick Foles going, uh, Tom? Tom? Uh, and then, you you know, you have the PR guy with Foles and he's got his mask on. He's probably saying, no, Tom just, he, Tom left. He walked, he just ran off the field there. Yes, we love. So what was the worst part for Tom last night? Uh, getting caught screaming curse words a la Bill O'Brien on the sideline, mm. the four fingers, mm. or... <laughs> screaming not... curse words? Oh my God, did you see everybody Dude, was what? like, oh my God, I hope kids aren't watching this. <gasps> Tom Brady's cursing. Well, that was not a great look for Tom. It was all censored. They cut out of the audio no, anyway. No, no, I'm just saying screaming at your teammates. But, like but, that, that didn't look, that's but, not a good sign when your quarterback is yelling. But he's been doing that. He did that in New England. Yeah, once, and we made a huge deal of it. Yeah, I, I'm, but you can't be surprised where you go, oh, Brady's yelling at his teammates there. And he, he threw his tablet. Anyone who's watched a Patriots game over the last 20 years sees him do that weekly. Right. Yeah. That, that's kind of. They could be up by 35 points, and he's still barking at somebody for a holding penalty. I think everyone's going to focus on the four fingers, but the Bucks started making stupid plays about four minutes into the game and did not stop for 56 minutes. They're, they are not a disciplined team. No, and that's why I think, you know, pointing out that Brady may not want to be coached by Belichick, but he would certainly love his teammates to be coached by Belichick because they wouldn't make those mistakes. They just wouldn't. Belichick will not stand for it. And does Brady... so? Brady has the headset. I mean, he's got the microphone in this helmet. Is somebody saying to him at any point there, hey, Tom, uh, you know, fourth down. Hey, we just need get a first down. Like, does anybody say anything to him? Yeah, Paul. I actually don't think that's what happens. I, I can't see that the coach goes, by the way, Tom, it's reminding the down. Like, you, you do that maybe to a rookie or someone who's never played, like that kid from uh, – Denver last week who hadn't played professional football. I, I don't know if the coaches do the updates. Well, they should have. Now they will. <laughs> well, even if you do down and distance or, you know, I got it. If I'm saying something to you in your in your uh, helmet, then I would be saying, hey, we, we only need six yards here for, for let's get the first down. All right. Here is uh, Tom Brady after the game on uh, what happened in the second half. We just said that you're up against the clock and you're up against the, the uh, you know, I knew we had to gain a chunk, so I should have been thinking more first down instead of chunk on that down. Yeah, he's talking about, see, the chunk is what you go for on third down, not fourth down. By that, I mean a large amount of yardage. You're trying to get something a little bit more than just get the first down. Because the defense will give you a certain amount. They're not going to give you that big chunk, and that's what Tom's talking about. You don't do that on fourth down. And, and he had somebody open underneath for the first down. Yeah, Todd. Why is there no follow-up question with Arians or Brady Sinks? So you were caught on camera holding up. What did that mean when you looked confused and puzzled holding up four fingers? How does no one ask that question? I don't know if they did or didn't. I mean, that's the only sound that we got. But I, I don't know why somebody wouldn't say, why were you holding up four fingers there? I mean, Tom made a mistake. Plain and simple. Made a mistake. It's rare, but he made a mistake. 
Uh, and it was costly. But there's a lot of blame to go around on that team today because that was not a disciplined team. Yeah, Paulie. I saw some different headlines today. And people are so, some media people are very afraid to uh, jab Tom Brady because, you know, they don't, the Golden Goose. I saw one on a website that's pretty big in Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, Tom Brady appears to put up four fingers. <laughs> he didn't appear to put up four fingers. You could say he appears to forget to play, but he did put up four fingers. Now, what those four fingers meant, that's for you to deduce, but he appeared to possibly raise four fingers in a questionable motion. Tom Brady perhaps missing a thumb because he put up four fingers. You could say he appears to mouth fourth down yeah. while holding up four fingers. <laughs> the four fingers is indisputable, but he's going fourth down? Tom calling for four more years? Tom goes political? Whoa. Whoa. Oh. Hey, that's his Whoa. guy. Wow. wow. No offense. Wowzer. Strange time to be sending that message out. Wowzer. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or... Choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. See their Firestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The original light beer, 1975, Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces.
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Always like looking up and seeing that Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk Live is joining us here. Busy morning here, Mike. Now, you guys broke the story on Pro Football Talk Live that the Jets have been sent home, players and coaches, and the Cardinals aren't sure what's going on and when they fly in. So how long does the NFL wait to make a decision, or are we looking at another Tuesday night game? Well, here's what's going on, Dan. They're retesting the player who tested positive. It's a presumptive positive. It could be a false positive, which is odd because I don't remember the NBA or the NHL having any false positives whatsoever, but they are retesting the player. They sent the players and coaches home out of an abundance of caution. They'll know more later in the day. Basically, you get the sample, you send it to the lab for the test, you wait for the result. Once the sample gets there, it doesn't take all that long to turn it around then they'll know what they're going to do. But until then, they're losing a workday. Friday's not the most important workday of the week, but they're still losing a workday in advance of their game against the Arizona Cardinals. So I, I don't know what happens at this point. If it comes back as a confirmed positive, that obviously complicates things. If it's a negative, then they move forward, presumably on Sunday, although I don't know, maybe we're going for a triple header on Monday, the way things have been going lately. And then the Patriots... You know, I just asked McLovin, is Cam Newton playing in this game against Denver? Is Stephon Gilmore playing? Here we are Friday, and have they been given clearance? What you need to have if you're asymptomatic, five days and two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. They believe Cam Newton will be able to play on Monday night when they face the Broncos. Now, Stephon Gilmore tested positive on Tuesday, so the timeline for him is tighter. You're talking about a six-day window if he's asymptomatic and if the virus clears his body to the point where he can have two negative tests. But, you know, Dan, what this Patriots situation underscores. And I saw the reporting today and it's every morning between 7.30 and 8 o'clock Eastern. It's like the Clarence Beaks crop report. And you'll see 10 different <laughs> reporters all reporting based on the same unnamed source, whether there's negatives or positives. Just because the Patriots are all negative today doesn't mean they're out of the woods because of the incubation period. That's the one thing that keeps getting lost in this. Someone could have been exposed to the virus based on contact with Stefan Gilmore on Monday night in Kansas City in that cramped locker room that they have there on the flight home where they had the two planes, the guys who did have close contact with Cam Newton and those who didn't. And Gilmore was on the plane with the guys who did. And then you've got an incubation period that could hit tomorrow, Sunday, Monday with another positive. So every day that the news comes back clean, that isn't time to exhale. It's just exhale for now until tomorrow when we get the next round of tests. Is there a contingency plan on pausing the season where maybe well, a two week or three week window and, and, and maybe bubbleizing these teams in hotels? I, I don't know how drastic, how strict the NFL can or would get. I, I think that those two options don't have to happen together. You don't have to pause the season if you're going to have home market bubbles, which I've been saying for well over a week now yeah. they need to do. I mean, what's happened is the NFL basically has had the bullet graze its ear and they've decided to keep going full speed ahead. They got lucky 
with the Titans, although I don't know that I would call it lucky if they don't play their game this week and they will have missed two games because the makeup of Bills at Titans is going to be a lot harder to pull off than Steelers at Titans. But at some point, they've just got to hit that button and say, we are putting everyone in a hotel. You know, the NFL's attitude is basically we're going to have people who test positive. If you follow our protocols, it won't spread, which I don't really buy. And I'm told that when they had a conference call on Monday, Dr. Sills, the chief medical officer, was pushing the idea that the NFL's approach is actually better than what a home market bubble would be or a regional bubble would be. And people just aren't buying that. It's not better. You can't just accept, oh, well, we're going to send 170 people home from every team every night, coaches, players, essential personnel. They each have their own story as to what they do, where they go, who they interact with. And we just say, well, you know, some of them are going to be positive from time to time. We'll just deal with it. It's better to put everybody in a hotel, lock it down, get everyone sign on for it. If they're going to opt out, give them another chance to opt out. That's what they should do. And I feel like they're eventually going to do it. They're just going to wait a little bit longer until there's an incident worse than what we've seen in Tennessee. And there's been this talk, and you know, my source said that you know, he, when he listens to the show, he goes, people keep saying, well, just move uh, the season back a couple of weeks. And he just says, remind people that not everybody has missed games. So Tennessee, if they miss two games, let's say, then I do I have an extra two weeks before I start the playoffs just to accommodate the Tennessee Titans? At what point does the NFL say to a team, you're going to forfeit a game? Well, you've, you've raised two very good points there. Let me address the scheduling realities first. I was on with Chris Mad Dog Russo earlier this week, and he had an idea that pissed me off because it's one of those things I wish I'd thought of it. Instead of just tacking a week of games onto the end of the season and then having the teams that are in the first round by, there's only two this year, one in each conference, go three weeks between games, you just take week 17 as is, make it week 18, play the makeup games week 17, however many there need to be. Now, some teams may need more than one, which would be a problem, but always make the last weekend of the regular season whatever your week 17 currently is, that crescendo that we love every year where everyone plays on the same day and all the playoffs are determined and then no one goes three weeks between games on the back end. I like that. As to forfeits, here's the problem. Two problems for the NFL. One, if you start forfeiting games, you have to start cutting checks back to the networks. They're not going to pay for games. They're not going to pay to come on and say, <laughs> the Bills have beaten the Titans two to nothing. All right. Secondly, because that's in the rule book. If there's a forfeit, final score, 2 nothing. Second thing, the players have agreed not to be paid for games that are suspended or canceled. They haven't agreed to not be paid for games that are forfeited. That creates an issue between the league and the union. Because if you forfeit a game, well, if this game between the Bills and Titans gets forfeited because the Titans have just been a mess over the past two weeks, the Bills players, do you deprive them of their game check? Why should, why should they not get paid? They're ready to go. And they I, I think won they, the should game. Get, they should get the Titans. Paycheck. The Titans should pay this. The Titans should pay the Bills yeah. payroll that week. That's part of the, that should be part of the penalty if that ever happens. When you saw Brady put up four fingers last night, what, wasn't he referring to the fact that Patrick Mahomes was the fourth oh. player on the NFL's top 100 list? Is that maybe that's what it was? Um, look, hey, it, when when your two biggest selling points are your brains and your experience, and you have the Brian Hoyer moment, it's a perfect bookend. 
Brian Hoyer thinks he's got a timeout. He does the Chris Weber thing on Monday night, and then you turn around and Tom Brady thinks he still has another down, which means he wouldn't have thrown the ball down the field on what was fourth and five. Unless he was trying to pull a Jedi mind trick on the officials, which would have been awesome if that's what he was trying to do. Now, I don't remember, was it Missouri? Colorado. Colorado, the fifth yeah. down game, right? If he was trying to pull that off, great. But based on the way everybody talked about it after the game, uh, no, Tom just forgot it was fourth down, which is stunning for any starting quarterback, but especially stunning for but him. What, what was more surprising, that Brady didn't know it was fourth down or Bruce Arians after the game said, yes, Tom knew it was fourth down? Well, I think Bruce learned after calling Brady out repeatedly after the week one game that you really don't want to do that with Tom Brady. And so he was just throwing him a little lifeline there. Surely he knew uh, that, well, no, he didn't know. And Arians knows he didn't know, but there's nothing to be gained by throwing Tom Brady under the bus. I mean, the reality is, yeah, that was the final moment that, that things fell apart. But my God, if the Buccaneers could have at least blocked a little bit last night, it never would have come to that. Fewer flags the first month. Uh, last night was, you know, didn't follow the uh, company line, uh, party line, but is this a directive, do you think, from the NFL to the officials of let's, let's be a little looser here and, and, you know, not be the story? Well, yeah, and that's what Walt Anderson, the new supervisor of officials, told NFL media week two. He didn't put it in those terms, but he said the focal point is clear and obvious violations, which means there's going to be some stuff you can get away with. Now, then the coaches adjust to the things you can get away with. Last night, some of the holding fouls looked like the, the fouls that would be called if you're not looking for clear and obvious. So, you know, it's always a moving target. Peter King made that point today on PFT Live, that the officiating changes every year. And it's unfortunate. It should always be the same standard. But the end result has been you get some of these college-style, exciting 35-32, 41-38 games. I like that. Now, last night's game was exciting 20-19, but it didn't have the offense that we've gotten accustomed to. And so I, it's always going to adjust. It's always going to adapt. And there's always going to be a directive to the officials as to how the league wants games officiated that's just part of the sport thank you mike have a great weekend thanks dan see you pal that's mike florio pro football talk live co-host be sure to catch the live edition of the dan patrick show weekdays at 9 a.m eastern 6 a.m pacific on fox sports radio and the iheart radio app mclovin the final uh final hour poll question is uh, whose career would you want nick Foles or robert ory Actually, Nick jumped out to an early lead here. Oh, okay. We're asking that question. Nick, of course, winning a uh, Super Bowl MVP, and he joins us now after the win last night. Uh, Nick, do you want to weigh in on the poll question? Uh, would you take your career or Robert Ory's career? He won seven NBA titles. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a pretty amazing career. I, it'd be hard to go um, to, to not choose seven NBA titles. <laughs> but, you know, I've, been, I've been very blessed throughout my career, so since it's me, I'll just, you know, I'm grateful for the career I've had. Last time I saw you, I was on the podium and you were holding your daughter after winning the Super Bowl MVP. And I was, how old is she now? She, she's three. Three. So she's three. And she, she actually just went in our basement. She's out there playing around with, with my wife and our dog and our son's sleeping right now. So uh, just enjoying some family time. I'm guessing your daughter doesn't remember anything about that night when the Eagles won the title. I don't think so. I don't think she does. But when she sees pictures of it, she says, there's baby Lily. So she, she does remember. She does know what she was like as a baby, but she has no clue. Yeah. And when you think about, when you reflect back on that, like what, is there one thing that stands out about that night when you won the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I think it's just uh, you don't know what it's going to be like. I mean, obviously, it's a childhood dream to do that. And until you've done it, you don't know. And I think that, you know, the moment it's over, the moment you're celebrating, um, obviously, you were there when I was holding Lily and just embracing my family. But you really realize, like, you you sit back and you, you look at the people you, you went through this journey with and you see them embracing their family and loved ones and uh complete joy um, because it's not an easy road to get to, you know, be Super Bowl champions. And in that moment, you really realize, you know, the joy and the journey that this game provides. And it's uh, much more than a trophy. Um, it's the journey and the people you go through it with. But you got a statue as well, Nick. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's wild to, to think there's a statue in front of the link <laughs> from, a, from a moment that was simply just to, to score against the Patriots. And it was a play that we felt like would work in that time and had no idea what, what that play would be like. What did you save from that Super Bowl? What did I say? Save. Oh, save. Uh, let's see. I mean, a lot of this stuff is in the Hall of Fame. Um, obviously, uh, we... We found in a box, because we've obviously moved a few times, but we found in a box my Philly special glove, which was uh, pretty cool. <laughs> I had wondered where it went, and then I realized, oh, there it is, because it was in a in my Super Bowl stuff. So uh, I'd imagine that that's a pretty valuable piece of memorabilia, um, but I think it'll be great in our son's room at some point. We don't have anything around the house or anything. Uh, if my kids ever want to take some of my jerseys or my stuff, we'll take them out of boxes and let them do that. Um, but, uh, I'm surprised that glove is not in the hall of fame, Nick. Yeah. Uh, I am too. I am too. Well, they're, uh, they're probably going to call you. They're probably going to go, Oh, I know they're probably listening to the show and I'm sure they're going to call right after this and everything, but you know, someday I'll have to take my kids there so they can see it. Uh, did you ever find Tom Brady? You were looking for him after the game. The camera was on you. Did you realize that? Uh, I didn't realize that the camera was on me. Um, obviously, uh, everyone's trying to, you know, keep their distance and do that thing. Um, I was looking for him real quick, but you know, once again, we'll, we'll find a time down the road. It was, it was a hard fought battle on both sides. It was a fist fight. So, um, you know, I said, that's a tough, that was a tough game. I'm glad we came out on top. How would you describe that game? If, if somebody didn't see that game and you were trying to sum it up for them, how would you sum it up? Oh, it's just a, just a fist fight. Like it was, uh, you know, throw stats out the window. <laughs> It's just, you know, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, and uh, don't give up because it, it wasn't the prettiest game by any means. Um, but we, you know, the team that just continue to fight, and Tampa Bay is a great team. I mean, they've had a great start to the season. They're well coached. They have talented players on both sides of the ball. Um, but it, it wasn't pretty, but uh, it was one of those games you're really grateful that you come out with a victory. But did you think you left too much time on the clock with that that you know final drive there where you know it's Brady and you're like oh yeah. gosh you know you look up no, and you go sure. you're doing the math there with uh, the time left you know what uh been in that situation before with Tom and there was time but that's where it's a, it's a, you know our defense came up huge so many times last night uh we really have a great locker room and that showed that showed through this first part of the season um the games we have not made the games easy on ourselves but ultimately the character of the locker rooms prevailed and, uh, you know, we had complete trust in our defense at the end. They, they had caused havoc all game, and it didn't make it easy on uh, Tom and their offense. So I was really ha really proud of our defense to get that huge stop at the end. I, uh, I applauded you on the air, not, a, not that it made uh, its way back to you, but how you've handled the Mitchell Trubisky, and that's tricky. 
but you've been in these situations before and you know, you're just saying, look, I don't know if I'm the starter next week. And then, you know, because Mitchell Trubisky was a high draft pick and you're brought in, you're not sure if you're going to be able to compete for the job. And like, how, how do you approach something like that? Where in your heart, you're a competitor and you think you're the better quarterback, but you also have to be professional about your approach to that. Yeah, and you know what? First and foremost, you know, Mitch is an extremely talented quarterback. I've been able to be around him here, you know, since I got here and working with him and seeing what he can do um, from, a, from an athletic standpoint, from moving around, throwing the ball, making plays. I really enjoy being around him. Um, but I, first and foremost, it's really just developing a relationship apart from football. So when we're in the film room or when just getting to know each other as people, first and foremost, because um, sometimes, like you said, football becomes tricky, especially in the QB room, and uh, it can get extremely weird. And this this hasn't been a difficult – I mean, this has not been an easy situation, you know, for the first part of the season for either of us. But I feel like that foundation we set in training camp where we genuinely got to know each other um, has really helped through these times. And it, once again, not easy for either of us throughout this, but I feel like, you know, Mitch has been amazing throughout this process, and it's a, it's been a healthy QB room. If somebody's watching on TV, it almost looks like you're the Lion King because of the mirror behind you. You know what? I saw this. I was asking, <laughs> if you I go in the basement? And, you know, obviously we've been moving in and we just got a little office. And I, I opened up the Zoom and I'm like, man, that I got to figure this out so people know it's a mirror and stuff. <laughs> I, you know, it's my first time sitting in the office. So, oh. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, this is what's going to happen, Nick. People are going to go, who does Nick Foles think he is? He's dressing up like a, you know, it is Halloween season, but it looks like you're the Lion King with uh, the I way. it matches my hat. <laughs> it wor- I guess it works. It, you know, it'll give someone something to Instagram or do something. Well, with. wait, what, what was plan B if it wasn't going to work? You have two, two uh, uh, lights, lamps on the side, and then you got a huge mirror. And it looks like the, the mirror is made out of bamboo or something, but it looks like you have a, a headdress on. Yeah, I mean, plan B was honestly going in the basement, but I felt like you deserve, you deserve more than oh, that. thank you. Be in so this, this actually was for you. I was like, I got to figure this out. I hope my computer's charged. Like, you know, so I, this, this Lion King setup was for you. Did you watch the game when you got home? Do you watch? Uh, no. No, I, I got home and I just sat there with my wife and we I was starving, so I ate a lot of food and but, went to sleep. Oh, okay. So then, but you watched the, the game footage today? I watched it today. So we just went in and we, we get tested like every day, um, picked up my family some breakfast. I'll do some recovery and get the film in today. But uh, it was a late night, didn't get home till probably like one or something. So uh, just giving myself a little time to rest. He plays for the Bears, but he's the Lion King. He's uh, Nick Foles. Hey, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you uh, making all of that effort to give us the special room as opposed to a basement. Absolutely, Dan. Anything for you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wise man, Nick Foles, the Lion King. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. You've probably put this off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your game. Touring tires for commuting comfort. How about performance tires for sporty handling? All-terrain if you're going on and off-road adventuring. Go to TireRack.com and get started. You're not sure where to begin? I suggest the easy-to-use tire decision guide. 
Get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how and what and where you drive. Choose from the full lineup of Continental Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They bring the tires to your home or office and install them on site. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan. See their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to keep an eye out for the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The seven-time NBA champ, the Lakers analyst for Spectrum Sportsnet, Robert Ori is on the program. Robert, how are you feeling today? Man, I'm feeling great. How about you, Mr. Patrick? I'm I'm doing great. Could you give the <laughs> Lakers a couple of minutes tonight on the floor if they would if they'd need you? Hey, you know what? I would just to get that eighth ring. <laughs> <laughs> Where are all those rings? You know, I have them in a safe deposit box back in Houston, Texas. So you know, I I had to keep them safe, man. What's your favorite one? Um, you know, actually, I have two. Uh, I just don't have one. I think the 95 championship, what we did as the Houston Rockets, was something special. Not having a home court advantage was uh, was key to winning that championship because it made us, you know, have that, you know, the heart of a champion because we're defending champion. And the second one is, of course, 2001 Lakers. We went 16 and one. You know, we were so mad. We lost game one of the finals to the Sixers. We wanted to go perfect, man, do something that probably would never be done in NBA history. How do you respond when you'll get people say, yeah, the Rockets won, but Michael took the year off or those years off to play baseball? I said, first of all, you look at our record versus the Bulls. I know everybody said that's just regular season. And it, and I 
play for Phil so I know how Phil coached. I know we have won those games. You know, everybody thinks that Michael Jordan was his greatest player, which he is, but they're slapping Dream in the face. Dream was right there behind him. They had nobody that could guard Dream. And people also forget he came back in 95 and he just got beat by a younger, faster team in the Orlando, Orlando Magic, who we swept. So, you know, they can throw all that stuff out the window. Do you have a favorite Jordan story? Um, you know what, Jordan, to me, I, I remember one time where he was on the court and he made a move. This is when the NBA was really trying to enforce traveling. I came down and made the same move. He looked at me and said, young fella, you think if they call traveling on me, they won't call it on you? And I looked at him like, wow, Michael Jordan just spoke to me. <laughs> well, you didn't make the documentary, did you? No, we didn't make the documentary. Uh, you know, they were, they were, they tried to keep the, the Rockets out of that documentary as much as possible. <laughs> they know we should have been in there. <laughs> Akeem is one of my favorite guys of all time. And I've, I've told this story before. I was sitting down to dinner with John Barry, Mark Jackson, and Patrick Ewing. And Mark Jackson knew that I loved Akeem. And uh-huh. so he says to Patrick, or he, go, he goes, why don't you tell Patrick your story? And I go, what are you talking about? He goes, don't tell him. Tell him what you, tell him who you think is better, Akeem or uh, or Patrick. And I looked at Patrick Ewing, and I said, Akeem was a better center. And and Patrick goes, I agree. And I we just we became fast friends that day. But it was one of those moments where Mark Jackson put me on the spot. But I loved watching Akeem. As far as footwork goes. He was like a point guard, and I think playing soccer, you know, whatever it was, he just had unbelievable footwork, and I, I think he's underrated. I, 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 I agree with that. I think he's very underrated, and it's, it's always amazing to me how many so many basketball players go to him and want to learn his footwork and his knowledge of the game, but he gets, he gets no credit. I think a lot of time it's due to his shyness. You know, in his religion and him not wanting to be in the spotlight. He just wanted to play basketball and, and enjoy the game. But think about this. He dropped 50 on a team during Ramadan and not be able to drink water. You know, and he, the <laughs> things he, he was able to do as a player were incredible. And I'm not just saying that because I love him as a human being and a teammate, but, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. You know, if you look at the, what he did on the court, you know, I know Giannis did it this year, but he was the first player to be MVP and defensive player in the year. That lets you know that he's a perfect basketball player. What questions did you have with this Laker team when they went into the bubble? Um, I was really worried about their bench. Um, I think if you look at their bench, it's, you know, outside of, you know, Kyle Kuzma, and we know AC Fresh was doing his thing, but you're like, okay, what are these other guys? What's Dwight Howard going to do? You know, what is, you know, new guys coming in, Marquise Morris, um, and, uh, you know, these guys, what are they going to be able to do? And and you look at it, the bench was perfect. Each series has brought someone off the bench to be key in Denver. It was Dwight, and now this series is Marquise. So it's amazing how, you know, you look at a team like on paper and you're like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work because these guys, you know, have, don't have the resume as certain other guys. But when they got on the court, it, it comes together. And that's what, that's what it's all about, being to come together during the playoff times. We're talking to Robert Ory, the Lakers analyst for Spectrum Sportsnet, seven-time NBA champ. Who's your MVP right now, LeBron or AD? I have to go with LeBron just because the little little bad game AD had. Because when you are MVP in the finals, you can't have a bad game, you know. And plus, LeBron 
got snubbed on, you know, the season MVP, in my opinion. Hmm. And I think there's no way he won't lose this one. He, he, he has, you know, he's probably going to have a, a phenomenal game tonight. He's going to close it out, so he wins the MVP. What can LeBron do in your mind that elevates him into the conversation with Michael Jordan? I, I think for me, LeBron, he has to figure out a way to – get the public on his side, you know, and that's the whole thing about it. You know, he's such a great player and, you know, I think this day and age with so much social media, you'd be able to spy on guys and, and you didn't have that with all the other guys. And, and if you look at what Michael Jordan has been able to do throughout his career from his plan, his shoes, his ability to own a team and his just love and the people that the love the people have for him that, it's going to be hard for him to knock him off that throne just because, you know, people don't like to say anything about great athletes. And and I think LeBron is the only great athlete that they say bad things about, and I hate it for him. Yeah, it is really interesting, though, Robert, that he's polarizing. And I, I don't know why, but it feels like they're going to try to downplay or water down this championship or if he wins yeah. an MVP and, you know, hey, you won it in the bubble. It seemed like it was pickup games and – I, I think it's tougher to win a championship given these circumstances. No home court advantage. You're bubbleized, bubbleishes for you know a hundred days, um, and then they're going to go. Well, they faced the Miami Heat. They didn't have to face the Bucks, or they didn't have to. You know, I, it, it just feels like people are going to you know drag him down a little bit here. They're not going to elevate him. You know, that's, that's yeah, out of all the athletes that you could be, I would want to be him because he, he is scrutinized so much, and you, you're so right. People going to come up with some excuse to put a black eye on this championship for him. Yeah. Right? You know, the Clippers lost. It ain't our fault they was up 3-1 and didn't get there. Um, uh, Milwaukee, injuries happen. You know, the Celtics. It's so many excuses they were giving, but you realize that now you're making those teams that beat those teams seem like they were just mediocre teams. If you look at what Denver did this year, wow, they did an incredible year. You look what Miami Heat did, wow, you know, the heart of the champion, Jimmy Butler, you know. And you look at what Jimmy Butler did for the Miami Heat. He put his will in every player. He gave every player that nastiness that he plays with, and it's gone onto the court and carried out to those players. You know, you, if you look at that team, you say, okay, this is a soft team. They don't have any bruisers, but Udonis, and Udonis doesn't play, but they come out and they play bruiser basketball. They have heart of a champion. So you cannot take anything from anybody who's won this bowl because they're all in the same situation. They all got the same amenities, so there's no reason that those other teams shouldn't have won. So don't don't black out this championship for the Lakers. Would you rather have Kobe or LeBron as a teammate in your prime? Well, I've played with Kobe, so I, I I love LeBron, but I have to take Kobe because Kobe knows me, I know him, and you no, know, that's no knock on LeBron because I'm sure if I have played with LeBron and I was okay, I I could I could comment on that. But for me, the love I have for Kobe, watching him work hard in practice. And the best thing about Kobe was beating him in practice and waiting for him. You know, not he wouldn't talk to you for two days until he got a chance to play against you again in practice and beat you. And that was the fun part about it because we would just brag on him, me, Bishaw, uh, Fish, and we would just mess with him the whole time. And Coach would be like, do y'all want to scream his day? We'd be like, nah. And he'd get so heated <laughs> that he couldn't get his revenge. So, you know, guys like that you love playing with. You know, he, he was one of the – him, Dream, Shaq, and – and those guys were some of the, my favorite guys to ever play with. Of course, you know, like Tony Parker and Manu and Tim also. Your favorite Kobe story? 
I, I think my favorite Kobe story, we were on the plane um, flying to Europe, and we were sitting there playing spades. And he was just sitting there watching us, right? And he was just, you know, it's almost like a kid who hadn't seen anything before. And it was so funny. He was like, what are y'all doing? It's like, we're playing spades. I said, you don't know how to play spades? He's like, no. And so I sat down and I taught him how to play spades. And I thought it was the most interesting thing to me. I know most people are like, oh, this is a card game. But when you, and you're a black man growing up, <laughs> that's one of the things you have to learn how to play. You have to learn how to play spades and dominoes. That's what he <laughs> This is what happens when you don't go to college, man. You don't learn these games when you got curfew and you can't go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kobe wants to master it, right? Yes, of course. You know, he was he he, he was such a, a a guy who wanted to master everything. He was so locked in, so keyed in. And and you know, this is the thing, I I play with a lot of great athletes and he is the only one that will literally, you know, if you tell him you can't do something he would go in the gym the next day and work on it just to prove you wrong. And just think about it. One game he had a bad right shoulder, and he played the whole game shooting left-handed, and he's right-handed. <laughs> think about that. It's the things he was able to do was just simply amazing. It's great to catch up with you, Robert, and uh, Game 5 coming up tonight. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you. Oh, thanks for always having me on, man. Stay safe. That's Robert Oring, Lakers analyst, Spectrum Sportsnet, and uh, seven-time NBA champ. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.